ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Ryan Armstrong. Well, yes, indeedy duty. That regular music means it's a regular edition of the Craptastic WCHL podcast. I am the commissioner, Christopher Perry. And instead of our regular co-host, Andrew Majorkirth, we have a very special guest. We're glad that he's on at us today. It's the general manager for Missouri State Hockey. It's listener number 13, Ryan Armstrong. Ryan, how in the heck are you today? Uh, I'm doing great, Chris. Glad to be back on the WCHL podcast and very excited for second semester hockey to start. I bet. I bet. And hey, to that end, you're when I'm calling you, you are literally at the Jordan Valley Ice Park right now. Yeah, I am. We, uh, we've been practicing for about a week now and just had a little video session before our weekend upcoming in Maryville and uh, up here with Coach, Coach Law, Coach Cook, Coach Bell. All the players getting ready, watching film and uh, face-off plays, stuff like that. So, guys are excited. We've got a couple new faces to the team for the second half, and uh, no, it's it's been fun to see them out here at practice, and they're they're ready to go. I think, like all of us as fans, we want to see more hockey. They're ready to play again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that when that December break comes around, you're like. Ooh, I can take a breath. But now it's been, you know, four or five weeks. You're like, hey, when are we going to get back to playing? So it's it's finally here. So we're glad. We're glad. Hey, happy 2023. Welcome to Happy New Year to you. I hope you and uh, and, and your family and you and, and your girlfriend just rang it in in style. Did you do something, anything special there in Spring Vegas? Oh, nothing, nothing too crazy in Springfield. Uh, took a t- couple trips across the country, went out to vegas and uh zion national park for a little bit saw family in chicago saw family in st louis and uh my my dad actually got got married up in chicago over the over the christmas hit time so that was really fun to be a part of that up in the uh the windy city and and uh no it was a really good break it was a really good christmas christmas season i hope uh you and your family enjoyed it and cam the ram was able to spend a little time with you oh oh boy hey we we got a whole we can do a whole nother podcast on on cam the ram and her travel exploits <laughs> holy crap courtesy of southwest airlines we had a uh last minute uh 13 hour drive to denver just to get her home and uh yeah that was uh did i say 13 minute i meant 13 hour drive holy crap Anyways, it's funny yeah. You mentioned Denver. <laughs> yeah. Why? What do you say? Yeah. Well, Coach Coach Jeremy Law for MSU, he was out in Denver, oh, and right. he was supposed to be coming back to Springfield. Yeah. And he got delayed and canceled out in Denver. Flew into Chicago. I happened to be staying 10, 15 minutes away from O'Hare, so I was about. About an hour or two from driving him from St. Uh, Chicago back to Springfield, but he ended up getting his flights worked out. It's just the way it works, you know. My brother sat in the airport for about a day and a half on his way back out to Connecticut, so 
Southwest did a number on a lot of people this this year. Yeah, they did. My little girl, she was a maid of honor at a wedding for her best friend in Pensacola, Florida. And um, we had planned it out so that she would come from uh, Denver home and then we get her back to Denver. Then the next day she'd fly back to Pen- or she'd fly out to Pensacola and yeah, the Southwest did a number. So, I mean, it got to the point where I almost had to drive her uh, to, to Pensacola. I had, I almost had to go from Oklahoma city to Denver, Denver back to Oklahoma city, Oklahoma city to Pensacola. Luckily we found another airline and they were able to help her out. And even that was a mess, but Hey, it all worked out. That's why they call it, uh, traveling and not, uh, you know, uh, not, not just sitting and in, in getting driven places. It's, it's an adventure. I so, like it. That's a lot. Yeah, man, it's a lot, but to tell me Zion. That's exciting. Huh? Yeah, no, it's a family tradition. We've been doing it for the last 10 years. And uh, Zion National Park, uh, Arches, Bryson, Zion, they're all part of the national park chain out there in Utah. And it's about a three-hour drive away from Vegas. And we've got a beautiful cabin that we rent every year out in the, the canyon, the Zion Canyon. And, you know, we've got buffalo come up to our back door, a couple feet of snow. It's it's a, it's a really good time out there. So it's a fun before before christmas kind of getaway very nice that sounds uh that sounds awesome you might uh, we'll have to talk off the air about this uh fancy cabin that uh, team armstrong has uh, that they <laughs> it's rent. a good one yeah it sounds like it hey we've got uh so with 2023 and with the spring semester starting up you know some teams had already started to play games last week but um the acha is in uh, going to be in full swing this weekend so eligibility is an issue. We're going to make sure that everybody is uh, eligible. Uh, we hope everybody's eligible. We're going to have, uh, in, just to remind folks, in order to be eligible in the ACHA, at least at Men's Division One, kids have to be enrolled in 12 hours per semester. They have to pass at least nine hours every semester. And then from fall to fall, they have to pass 24 hours in, a, in that calendar or that academic year, all with a 2.0 GPA or better. So... We've put the word out to folks to uh, make sure, you know, it's a lot different these days. Kids get their grades instantaneously via Canvas or some other apps on their telephone. I had to wait by the mailbox for my grades to show up. Um, But uh, so hopefully uh, coaches and uh, everyone, we're encouraging them to be proactive. We're also uh, encouraging folks, you know, every team is going to have an addition or two. So let's... Uh, get those folks uh, signed up and onto the rosters properly uh, so that so that they can uh, start playing immediately. And that's exciting. And, uh, yeah, I also put out the word earlier today about uh, let's clean up our rosters because nationals will soon be upon us and everyone wants to prep for nationals and not have to deal with headshots or how much does Johnny weigh or, you know, what shot is Billy? You know, is he a lefty or a righty? So, uh trying to get folks to be a little proactive so that's been uh kind of exciting and then ryan we've got the world cup of university hockey i know you're semi-familiar with that since jeremy law is going to be one of the assistant coaches for canada um the rosters we've announced the coaching staffs but the rosters are uh they're just now being finalized i think they're waiting on team jerseys numbers sizes that kind of stuff before we actually announce the rosters but uh that's coming up pretty soon so that's kind of exciting. Are you going to go to Romania, Ryan, with uh, Coach Law? You know, I, I think I might have to bow out of this one. Um, I, as much as I think it'd be a really neat 
to represent your country and to see these amazing athletes represent their countries and coaches, obviously, as well, with Jeremy Law being the assistant coach for Team Canada. Um, I, I, I will not be able to make it this year, but <laughs> I'll tune in any way that I can. So we'll see how the ACHA is going to promote it uh, media-wise and see what kind of streams that we can get up or what kind of company that we're going to use to get these games online. But i uh, love to see it and love to see the promotion across the country of the ACHA. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. So so just so we understand, you're okay driving him from Chicago to Springfield, but not necessarily traveling with him to Romania. Yeah, I'm okay driving him anywhere. Uh, his, his, his track record behind a wheel of a car or a golf cart is not the best. He's a bit distracted when it comes to cell phones. <laughs> so even, even if him and I go out and play golf, it's always him in the passenger seat. So I'd, uh, I'd be okay on a plane with him and and uh, driving him anywhere, you know, we take that annual trip down to Naples every year. You know, we love driving it from Springfield. I know a lot of people fly in for it, but we, we like to make it a, a special event for our coaches. And we'll get as many D2, D3 and, and D1 coaches involved in it and uh, really try to have a fun time. So that, that 17, 18 hour trip. It doesn't feel as bad as it actually is, but it's pretty fun. Oh, I mean, just saying that, it that just smells like, you know, swamp butt and, you know, roadside burritos. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, no such luck. Huh? You got four no, or five, we're, we're, four, four or yeah, five knuckleheads? Okay. Yeah, no, actually, last year it was five with me included, and uh, we're looking to maybe make it six this year. And, uh, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, you get to really – really uh know your coaches and 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 hang out with them more on a personal level and away from the rank or away from the the bus or something like that so it's it's a lot of fun and we 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 have a great coach core here in missouri state and you know we'll go out and over the holiday break one or two times we we all met up as a as a group and went out and had a couple beverages and talked hockey watched world juniors so yeah, no. Jeremy's been filling me in a little bit about Team Canada and, and the list selection and and a little bit more detail on it. So I, I'm ex- super excited for him. I think he's very excited for it, and uh, it's definitely going to be something that he's going to take pride in. Not only as an ACHA coach, but as a Canadian as well. So very happy for Coach Law and uh, everything that comes out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be real exciting. See, I like that. Hockey guys get together and they watch hockey over the break. Drink beer, yeah, watch hockey. Pathetic, isn't it? Eh, no, no, no. That's true hockey guys right there, Ryan. Since <laughs> I'm not a hockey guy, I wouldn't know anything about that. But I, I enjoy that. Yeah. That's that's good to know. Stuff I've heard for, people say that. I don't know if I believe it though. <laughs> stuff to aspire to. Hey, Ryan. Earlier today, the ACHA we got back on the uh, horse in terms of uh, issuing rankings, and the latest ranking came out. We're recording this Wednesday night. Ranking number ten came out, and we had one, two, three, four, five teams. Uh, from the WCHL in the top 21, top 25. Uh, so let's see here. We had Nevada, Las Vegas, number five, Central Oklahoma, number eight. Then we had Arizona, number 15, Arizona State, number 18, and Utah was number 21. And then the uh, entire ranking got issued a little bit later on, and your Missouri State Ice Bears were number 26, right on the cusp of uh, the top 25. Colorado State was number 28, Grand Canyon at 30, Colorado is 34, and Oklahoma is 42. So uh, not too bad. Five teams in the top 20, basically, is not bad. Number one is still Minot State. Number two is Adrian. Number three is Liberty. Four is Jamestown. They made a huge jump. And then five is UNLV. 
Ryan, anything uh, stand out to you for the uh, uh, for the ranking that just came out earlier today? You know, from a from a WCHL perspective, I think a lot of things are in the right place. Um, UNLV is a powerhouse this year. They're going to be a definite team to contend with at the national tournament. I believe UCO has potential to be a top team as well. I know that they're ranked we six, right? They're they're up there. Um, they do have their ups and downs as far as penalty trouble. Sometimes they play a very aggressive game style. Um, I know that sometimes that run and gun. You know, when you play six periods at the national tournament, you can only run and gun for so long when they had those that three overtime game. They play a very fast, aggressive game um, versus more of a control game. So I think for the most part, the WCHL teams ranked is in the right order. Obviously, from a Missouri State perspective, I'm, I'm a little, you know, sad that we performed the way we did against Utah. Those games definitely hurt us. Um, moving forward, but really excited for our crossover game against Utah. We've got two more games against UCO here in Springfield. So we definitely have the ability to move up within the WCHL ranks. Um, and then as far as outside of WCHL, uh, you look at the Adrians, the, the Minot States and the uh, liberties of the world. They're, they're in the right spots. You know, we know all too well about Adrian from last year. Um, but, uh, you know, I was really impressed with what Illinois State did, um, jumping from 17 to 10 this rank period with their um, wins with Maryville, their win in Maryville this last weekend. And it just goes to show that when we played them first games of the year in Bloomington, Illinois, and we came out, we did not expect the team of Illinois State that we saw. They're a very, they're the real deal. They're a good team. They're well put together. And uh, I think that they are a big improvement from previous seasons. And, you know, kudos to the Illinois State uh, program for getting them to where they're at right now. I'm sure it's a milestone for them and they're very excited, but they're going to continue to grow throughout the season. So uh, teams that see them in the national tournament, hopefully us, we, uh, we, we have a little bit different expectations going into it. So we're excited about the rest of our season. We've got plenty of opportunity to move up, obviously, moving from 29 to 26 this last rank because of uh, probably mostly due to our games against Illinois state and keeping them so close and them jumping up. We love the opportunity, the balls in our court, and we have all the opportunities in the world to write our own destiny for the rest of the semester with four games against Maryville rank uh, 16. I'm thinking. Yep. yep there's 16. Nope. There's 16. 16. Yep. Uh, 15 rank Arizona and then a six rank uh, UCO. So we're, we're extremely excited about the way that our schedule is set up for the rest of the season and, and who we have to play. And it's going to be down to the guys. I know they're excited for it, but man, is this league fun to watch from a week to week basis? It is. It is. It's a, it's a fun league. It's a, it's proving itself to be a powerhouse league. Um, and uh, the nice thing is, I, I, I appreciate what you're saying about Illinois State. I'm not going to take credit for that. All that goes to Chris Pruitt and Mike Hernbrot, who are the guys at the, at the helm there in, in Bloomington. But uh, Illinois State was, uh, they're part of my B conference, Midwest College Hockey at the MCH. And uh, I'm telling you what, people have been sleeping on Illinois State now for a year and a half. And they're they're finally getting the uh, the the kudos the 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 laudits if you will that they deserve, and um, yeah, coming into uh, I, I don't think Maryville was expecting uh, Illinois State to take care of business this past weekend, like Illinois State did. Just went in and dominated them both nights, 
And, yeah, we've uh, got a great relationship with Illinois State. You know, them and ourselves moved up to the Division One level around the same time. And while either of us has had success, different successes on certain years, um, you know, they've 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 been going through a little bit of a, a low patch the last probably four or five years. So for them to be able to do what they're doing this year, very proud of them. They are a little bit of a sleeper, but they're a team that plays the game the right way and and uh, glad that they're in your B conference. But now speaking <laughs> of B conference, yeah. do, uh, do you have Jamestown or is that? Is, are they in the B conference as well, right? Jamestown is in the B conference, number four, Jamestown. So there's another big team that that obviously you're doing something right over there too, Chris. It's not the WCHL only. It's you know you're doing something okay over there too. Yeah, we trying it. I you know a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So uh, <laughs> anyways, we we've we've got a good little thing going, and it's uh, yeah, I'm 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 proud, uh, very proud, obviously of the WCHL. That's my baby, the pride and joy. But uh, I'm also glad to see the MCH is. Uh, after a couple of years, you know, it's finally finding its footing, and we've got uh, we've got some really good teams. So, I'm excited, and I think you're dead on right with the opportunity that's uh, that lies in front of Missouri State. Four games against Maryville, home and away. Uh, two games on the road at Arizona. You've got uh, UCO in your place coming up, and then I know that you go. I think you have Colorado State coming to your place, don't you? You have to go to Alabama, don't you? No, actually, we we we, we finish out a lot of the games here in Springfield in the second semester, which is great. Yeah. Colorado State will then come to us after um, after UCO, and then Alabama comes here to finish our season out at home. There you go. So I mean, a lot of I mean that that's just a recipe. Um, another extra ingredient for, for the recipe for success right there with all the games. Everybody knows already how hard it is to, to play there at the Jordan Valley Ice Park. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be having to go into that little arena that's going to be just full of Ice Bears fans, it's, that's, that's a hard sell. And if uh, in, in a, just that, you know, playing in front of a bunch of people, and then if you've got a motivated, you know, most state team on the other side, that's just going to make life even more miserable for for team so yeah you've got a lot of chance to move on up i think uh to make the nationals you're gonna have to be i think to guarantee that you're in nationals it'll be 17 or better but i think right now we're gonna we're looking at 18 or better there's only two bumps um so uh uh yeah you know obviously if people what do we say illinois state just jumped up seven spots jamestown just jumped up four spots so it's not out of the realm of possibility with all the games that are in front of you for uh, Missouri State to make a late push to uh, get into that field for nationals. Absolutely. No, I, I love the, uh, the idea that our players have the potential standing in front of them. So, you know, so many times you see these teams that are at the 19 or the 20 spot or the 21 spot, and they're waiting for something else to happen to another team. And it's just one of the worst feelings. And we've been there as well, um, waiting for something else to happen for someone else or to someone else. And for us to have the ability that at this point in the year, and there's still a lot of hockey left, you know, oh, yeah. we still got half the season for us to be able to look at the second half of the season and say, we have the ability to write our own ticket. We just have to do what we need to do. And I know that, you know, the first semester for Missouri state has not been exactly what our, players and what our alumni and what our fans are used to seeing on the ice here in Springfield and and definitely on the road. But I really do feel like there is positive change coming. Um, I know you mentioned 
you know, players or uh, teams adding a few new players. We've added a couple pieces, a returning player who I think is going to bring a lot of chemistry to our team. And you mentioned the amount of home games we have. We love playing at Jordan Valley Ice Park. We love playing in a home crowd. And we love making it harder for the other teams to come in. Whether they look at that as an advantage or disadvantage, it's part of the sport is traveling and playing on the road. And we've taken our fair share of lumps of, of uh, road losses this year. But, um, you know, we, we pride ourselves on our atmosphere and our work ethic at home. And we have a, a great fan base. And I think our players do feed off of it quite a bit. Um, so we're excited for that. We're excited for the opportunity because that's all at the end of the day you can ask for is give us a chance. We're in a fair, a fair opportunity to, to do what we can do. And uh, now the guys realize that's in front of them. They're excited. Good, good. Well, hey, that's, that is exciting. And you're right. There's a lot of, uh, lot of season left. It's after uh, the, we're including this upcoming weekend. We have seven full weekends of hockey left before the 20 teams that are going to nationals are decided. So that's at a minimum, you would think, 14 games. And if you're playing some weekday or some adding an extra game on a weekend, um, that can be a little bit more. So, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of hockey still left to go. All right, teams are, for the most part, getting underway this week. But we had some teams, Ryan, that played last week. Um, Grand Canyon went to San Diego State. And they got their season off to a great start. They went to San Diego State and just broke out a stick on top of the Aztecs, beat, beating uh, the San Diego State twice, eight to two and eight to two. Ugly, ugly, ugly. So uh, the Aztecs, Grand Canyon, uh, number forty-four, Hunter Schmitz. I'll tell you what, there's a line out there for Grand Canyon, forty-four, thirty-three, and eleven. It went thirty-three is Jacob Cummings. We had him on the WCHL podcast earlier, but Hunter Schmitz is uh, from forty-four. He had a hat trick on Saturday night. He um, had what a goal and three assists, I think, on uh, Friday night. Those guys are just producing for Danny Roy, and they went out there and showed. Uh, they welcomed San Diego State to the big time by uh, slapping them upside the head with a two by four. So good for good for Grand Canyon. I really enjoy Grand Canyon. We had the pleasure of hosting them last season here in Springfield, and uh, Danny Roy's doing a great job with that team. And um, I'm interested to see how they progress in the future. I think that. They're, you know, the, the west side of the WCHL, I guess you could say, is in east and the west. The west side of the WCHL is, is a, it's a really good slugfest. <laughs> you it know, is. any given night, anybody can beat anybody, and, and they play in a tough rink, you know, with the uh, Arcadia Ice Rink uh, Tire Center and Walmart Super Center parking lot. <laughs> uh, it's, a tough, it's a tough place to play, and, you know, I think that they're, they're definitely growing their program in the right direction. And, uh, we were, we were happy to definitely take some wins from them when they came down here last year, but they're a, they're a well put together team and organization. And, uh, Danny's a, a great guy. You know, I think he's going to do wonders for that organization in the future. And, and I remember listening to, uh, Cummings interview. And I actually, I think I remember possibly seeing him down here in Springfield, maybe sneak a couple by us, but, um, no, it's, it's great to see that, but yeah, that, that West side, it's kind of, a. a coin flip every night even someone like unlv and uh you know arizona state some of those games are just ridiculously close and you look at them and it's fun to see the 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 level of competition be so close and so tight to each other even though the rankings are numbers and may not say exactly what you're seeing i mean that west side is is great 
and uh, it's it's fun to watch it. But yeah, San Diego State. I'm. I know they're having a rough time this year, and I know them and Oregon came in at the same time, and um, Oregon's doing a little bit better. But you know, Division One's Division One men in the ACHA is a tough place to be, and I think San Diego State's getting a. Uh, a taste of that medicine this year and hopefully they adapt to it in a positive direction but yeah it's a tough place to play it is it is and and, and you're absolutely right on on two counts uh I'm, I'm going to agree with you there on two counts number one san diego state i think they're going to figure it out unfortunately um they've come to men's division one with a men's division two roster and uh so they need to pump up their numbers and pump up the quality of play or the quality of player let's say um, so that will help them out, and but also that that west side of the conference. I, I, I this is going to date me, Ryan, but it reminds me of that Clint Eastwood movie, uh, The Gauntlet, where um, they're just you know just running. Um, he's he's trying to get somebody to the courthouse, and he has to put up with you know everybody trying to kill him and this person he's trying to protect, and it's the way it seems for the West. It's just. Week in and week out out there, it's just heavyweight fights. There's no laydowns. Not that there's any laydowns on the East, but, I mean, just think about it. We just got, what, UNLV number five, Arizona 15, Arizona State 18, Utah 21, Grand Canyon is 30. You know, the uh, the only team that's from the East that's in the top 25 is Central. And then after that, there are four other tough teams here on the on, on our side, the East side. But, you know, we've got, what, Missouri State 26, Colorado State 28, Colorado and Oklahoma 34-42. So they're kind of on the uh, on the back end of those things. So, yeah, that, that, that west side is just murderer's row. Yeah, it's fun to watch. And, you know, season to season that changes too because, yep. you know, let's go, let's go three years, two, three years back where the east side of the conference was clearly dominant over the west. Oh, so yeah. it's fun to see that, and it's fun to see the differences – that happen every single season. And that's one of the reasons I love the WCHL. I think it's the most powerful league in the ACHA and M1 and uh, very happy that we're a part of it. And, you know, you, you talk about all these other teams like San Diego state and, and Oregon and, and Jamestown and Maryville and different leagues. Well, I know that our listeners probably don't know this, but they've all tried to come to the WCHL. Oh yeah, they <laughs> And have. we all say we want to keep, the presence and the potential and the power that we have with our teams and our strengths. We want to, we want to keep this a, a coveted league. And I mean, I know that I can speak for everybody else as far as coaches in our WCHL league teams come up to play us. They want to play WCHL teams because we are historically at the tournament in the top well-run organizations, well-run teams, you know, they, they, we just try to do things the right way. And I know you mentioned something similar to this when you were saying about the email sent out from the ACHA saying, OK, teams, time of the year to get your website right, to get your stats right, to get your players, your all these different things. So grandpa doesn't have to call into the league or to you. Uh, or to me for that matter, and say, um, you missed an assist from my son last night, or where's my son's headshot or my, my grandson's headshot. Right. You know, what, it's one of the things that we try to make ourselves very present on is our off-ice ability as well. We have a great staff. We have a great volunteer staff. Um, you know, Steve Casson with our uh, our web sports radio, our live stream that's free every game. We don't do Black Dog or Hockey TV or any of that. You know, we make it free for everybody to watch. He also takes care of a lot of our stats, calling in our games. We've got a great off-ice crew. 
And we try to do all those little tiny things right. Like you mentioned the website, the social media, the stats, the pictures, the hometowns. Because at the end of the day, it all does add up. You know, yep. pennies do become dollars soon. And we try to make sure that, you know, we have two teams here in Springfield, the on ice and the off ice. Jeremy, Cliff, and Josh all worry about the on ice, whereas myself, Stan, Steve, Kurt all take care of the off ice. Uh, off ice fun, you could say. Sometimes it doesn't seem fun, but it is fun because it's what makes our sport our sport but we love uh we love making sure that we can not only give any prospective players to the wchl and the acha in missouri state the full effect of what it is to play college hockey but our fans as well we try to create a good environment for them to enjoy the game there's no doubt there's no doubt we uh, uh we i like to think in the wchl that we set the standard for the other teams in, around the acha especially men's division one to follow and so that's why i try to harp on folks to get stuff done so that um you know we're 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 the ones that everybody looks up to we're the ones that everybody aspires to be like and missouri state is clearly at the uh one of one of the teams at the very top of that list in terms of organization so i appreciate all those uh, all your efforts and it's easy to uh it's easy to do that when you've got a good group of folks to work with most everybody in the wchl is uh easy to work with i don't have an awful lot of uh complainers there's not a whole lot of people that uh you know give me a give me grief on a daily basis in terms of slacking off so come down to springfield sometime and and stand next to me sometime when the tickets are sold out for a game i'll show you a couple complainers <laughs> well hey another group of complainers was colorado state this past weekend they had a three-game trip into north dakota they played two at jamestown one at minot and it did not go their way they lost all three at Jamestown, five to nothing, and seven to one on Saturday, Sunday, and then they took a seven to nothing uh, beating on Monday afternoon. Oh, yeah, Monday night. I'm sorry from uh, from Minot State, number one. So it was good for them to take on the number four team in the nation and number one, but um, I think they would have liked to have scored more than one goal in 180 minutes <clears throat> of hockey. Yeah, that's a that, that's a tough uh, tough weekend for those guys and. And was it in Fort Collins or was it in Minot? It was up in North Dakota, so that means it's even tougher. Why go to North Dakota in January? Why not? Oh, that's a that's a tough place to play. We made that trip about four or five years ago, and uh, um, unfortunately, I had some issues with the weather as well, and we had to make the guys stay the night over in Iowa because the highway was shut down oh. and the bus couldn't, couldn't go anywhere. It literally just couldn't go down the highway. So it's not that he wasn't comfortable doing it. It's that the highway was shut down. So yeah, it's a, that's a tough place to play. And, you know, Minot States, another organization that, that definitely is uh, doing things the right way. And they get a lot of big Canadians just from up there over the border, but um, tough, tough, tough team, tough team and, and tough, tough time of the year to play. Yep. If you thought it was cold in the Midwest, Right, going up to Minot. I understand why they did it. Camden Lambert, the head coach for uh, Colorado State, came for, out of the Jamestown system. He was an assistant there. So I get why he wanted to go there. And it's good. They'll get better from this experience. But still, it's that's a long bus ride home from North Dakota after taking three knots to the forehead. So... Hey, and then the last team uh, that got going, at least from the WCHL perspective, Arizona State, at the coldest rink in all of the ACHA, Oceanside Ice Arena, they hosted Oregon, and they uh, came out blunt, guns blazing on Friday night, beating the Ducks 7-1, to welcoming them to 2023 by smoking them. 
But then Oregon got a measure of revenge the next night and came back and took care of the Sun Devils by a score of 4-1. to one. So they end up splitting on the weekend. And I figure Arizona State can't be too thrilled with that. No, I don't think that they'd be happy at all um, losing to an incoming team or a new team to establish themselves. But I think that just goes to show that this Oregon team, they they want to be, they strive to be contended with, with the rest of the ACHA and the rest of the D1 level. Um, I know that they're kind of on an island as far as uh, travel is concerned and location. But, you know, they've, they've got a lot of things going in the right direction. It's, it's something that Arizona State obviously is going to take into their next series. And you talk about Colorado State um, as well. Um, taking that taking that energy from Minot into their next series, you know, they, they play these games. Anytime you, you play a, a team on a Friday to start the weekend off that is fresh off a loss – you know that they're going to have a little bit extra grit to them, a little extra edge on them because they don't want to go back-to-back losses. And I think that's going to bode well for them for the next weekend of games. I'm not exactly sure who Colorado State and Arizona State have, um, but it, I, I would suspect that their uh, coaching staff is going to have them get them bounced back pretty quickly. <laughs> they're going to have their full and undivided attention, that's for darn sure. Absolutely. So, number six for ASU, Brendan Studioso had himself a hat trick on Friday night, and I bet you he wishes he had saved some of those goals for the uh, for the following night, but it just didn't go their way. Um, so, uh, hey, but like I said, or like you said, um, Austin Klein and Kelly Newton, the coaching staff out there at ASU, they're, they'll they'll get things going here, and uh, they see the ranking where they are right now. They're number 18. They're one of the two teams that would get bumped if Nationals would uh, happen today. So I think, you know, the poor result on Saturday plus the uh, fact that they are literally on the bubble for Nationals would, uh, you know, motivate some folks to uh, play well. And they have this week off, so uh, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of time to skate and skate and skate and skate some more and then start thinking about their uh, games next weekend. Yeah, so. how about that studioso? And we've been hearing his name across the WCHL for a long time. Yeah. He's always someone to be talked about. He's always a threat on the ice. He, he, he seems to do a really good job of getting points here in Springfield against MSU. But regardless, maybe it's just something about the, uh, the bear head that gets him going. But um, he, he is a heck of a player, and, and maybe he was just trying to get as many goals in at Oceanside as he could. <laughs> Chris, you may know better. What is the future of Oceanside? Because I've heard several different stories. The, the It's my understanding this is the last season for Oceanside. After uh, this season, it will be uh, demolished. And um, I think it's going to be turned into apartments, um, is, is the way I understood it. it. It's owned by the same fellow that owns the water park right next door to Oceanside. That's why it's named Oceanside. And um, it's my understanding he sold both uh, the water park and uh, the, the ice arena. So it's uh, going away after this it's season. It's funny you mentioned that about the name on it because I listened to a previous podcast with Anita. And I know that she had talked with an Arizona State player about Arizona State. And, and the only thing that she took away from it was, why is it called Oceanside Arena when there's no ocean anywhere near it? <laughs> I kind of had to sit back for a second. I go, I've never really thought about it. You name a building, whatever you name a building. But I was like, yeah, there's no oceans in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Nope. But with that new beautiful, with that new beautiful mullet arena, I just, I'd have to wonder, you know, these guys have got to be excited to be able to play there or have the opportunities to play there when, when the Coyotes 
maybe in a couple of years move out of there. But what a beautiful thing for Arizona State University to be able to do and build that new arena for their their student athletes and and how cool of an achievement for a WCHL team to be able to an ACHA D1 team to move up to that level. And it just shows the level of commitment, not only from the players and the coaching staff, but from the schools. And uh, it's really cool to see from a, from a team that plays that school, what the possibilities are. And, and uh, yeah, so maybe he was just trying to get a couple extra goals in before, uh, before Oceanside go, goes away. Yeah. Yeah. He's only, like you said, we've heard that name for a while now. It seems like he's a seventh year senior. So maybe we ought to give him a lifetime achievement award. Um, and yeah, he's <laughs> trying to, you know, get the hundred goal mark or something uh, at Oceanside before it, uh, before they tear it down. All right. Hey, uh, Ryan, let's hear a uh, quick uh, horn or something. And then we'll come back. We'll talk WCHL and get your predictions on some games. Sound like a plan? Sounds good. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. All right, Ryan. Well, the WCHL standings uh, are pretty tight, especially at the top. Uh, Central Oklahoma is in first place, and, um, and Nevada Las Vegas is right behind them in second place. Um, Central Oklahoma has 36 points. Nevada Las Vegas only has 21. But the yeah, I say it's pretty tight because they've both won all their games so far. Central Oklahoma has played 12. They've won 12. UNLV has played 7. They've won 7. Um, after that, Utah's in third place with 20 points. They've played 14, though. So they've got 20 points. Arizona State's 18 in fourth place. Uh, tied with 15 points each are Arizona and Colorado. Uh, your Missouri State Ice Bears have 13 points in 12 games. Grand Canyon and Colorado State are tied for eighth place with 11 points each, and Oklahoma has five points to round up the uh, conference. But it's, it sure does look like it's boiling down to a Central Oklahoma-Nevada-Las Vegas kind of uh, a race, and we'll see which one of those two teams flinches first, if they flinch at all. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about the games they have remaining, the games they've played, what they've done in those games, and you're looking at two teams that are that are 100% at this point in the season, and you'd have to imagine they're going to make the push to beat the other one out and say, okay, which one's going to mess up first? And who's going to, who's going to show up to the rink, not ready. And who's going to drop the ball one night. So yeah, those, those two teams are going to be fun to watch. And man, I, I just hate to think the opportunity arises at the national tournament where they have to play each other. It's yeah. just, you know, I, I know you feel the same way as I do, but when you, it, the teams that are lucky enough to make the tournament, nothing is more deflating than when you have to play a team from your own league. Um, and you, you travel across the country and you play someone that you've already played four or five times in the season. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You, you only want to see that happen in the championship game. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, Central Oklahoma has eight conference games left this spring. Nevada Las Vegas will have 13 conference games left this spring. So uh, we'll see, and uh, it, it'll be interesting. Now, I had to send out the email earlier today with the tiebreaker format just in case it turns out to be a, uh, a tie there at the top. And the way that the WCHL breaks ties, we first look at uh, if everyone has the same amount of uh, points, then we look to league wins, the most league wins. Well, if you've got the same amount of points, you would think you're going to have the same amount of league wins, but it's because we do the 3-2-1-0 point, um, point system, it, it could be, there could be some difference. After that, the next tiebreaker is head-to-head win-loss record. Well, UNLV and Central don't play this year in conference. They played together, but it was an out-of-conference game. Uh, 
Then uh, we look at head-to-head goal differential. Well, again, they didn't play head-to-head. And then, uh, so the next uh, tiebreaker, if it comes down to Central and Nevada, Las Vegas, would be goal differential in all of the WCHL regular season games. So that's where the goal differential really comes into play. And then after that, uh, the cheesy coin flip. But I got a feeling we're going to get, it's not going to get all the way down to stage number five of the coin flip tiebreaker. At least I hope not. I thought stage five was the first first team to deliver you a pecan pie in Oklahoma City as the uh, as the uh, determined winner. You know that could we we could, we could do that really quick. I can make the I know the guy that makes the rules, so uh, <laughs> you know if it's a Fields pecan pie or not. That way I'll know that number one they're paying attention to the podcast and that they know the difference between Fields and Mrs. Fields. So uh, yeah, you're right. Pecan pie would go a long see, way with see, the fat commission. I pay I pay attention to those things, Chris. I, I, I got you. I know I know what's going on. I, well, you know Missouri State, Missouri State will be in the tiebreaker too, depending on a pecan pie delivery sometime soon. So uh, I like this. the The commissioner you, can be bribed. <laughs> Speaking of the commissioner and, and writing the rules and stuff, I know that. You know, it, it may seem like a strange thing to hear. Well, how does this team at semester only have this number of games and this team only have this number of games? I don't think enough can be said to thank you for working with us as the teams to get these little tiny scheduling changes figured out. You know, we have to deal with other other schools, other teams. Uh, we have to deal with our ice rinks. You know, I know Arizona, they have to deal with the Arizona Roadrunners, the AHL team. Um Lots of teams have secondary or third teams. So there's a lot of tricky scheduling that goes involved in this. And it's really easy to say everyone's going to have the same number first and second semester. Here's your weekends. Figure it out. But uh, enough can't be said, Chris, to tell you how much we appreciate a little bit of flexibility on your end to help us make sure that we get our scheduled game scheduled at the right times, according to when our rinks and our schools and our cities can work with us on getting those games. So it's, it sounds a little strange that some teams have so many games played. Some teams have so little, but at the end of the day, at the end of the season, they all will equal out. I know that one game and um, was it uh, ocean? No, it was Arcadia. That's right. It had to be postponed. That's because correct. of an issue, but that'll be, I don't know if that was resolved or if that was, um, or if they're going to replay a part of that game. I think that they're going to play part of that game, like on a three game weekend or something, right? That, 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 that's right. They're going to resume that game. If you remember, they had a, a, a weird rainstorm down there that caused fog within the rink. And then they also had uh, flooding in the Zam room, which caused the Zam not to be able to uh, properly function. So they had to stop the game about five or seven minutes into the first period. We've suspended it. That game will be resumed from that spot on the on the Thursday in the middle of February when UNLV comes down to the Phoenix area to take on ASU. So UNLV and Grand Canyon will finish the game out on Thursday, and then uh, UNLV will then carry on, and Friday, Saturday, we'll play at Oceanside against Arizona State. So that's why it's they have... It's funny you bring up flooding. Yeah, why? Why? Because of all the flooding going on? Well, you and I are from the Midwest. You're Oklahoma, and I'm in the Springfield, Missouri area. You know, we see rain all the time. And, you know, for us, the good rain is, you know, an inch, two inches of water and rainfall. You know, out there in the desert, if it rains an, a half an inch or a quarter of an inch, the whole city floods. Oh, yeah. It's not used to rain. It doesn't know how to, the sewers can't handle it, the streets can't handle it, the ground can't absorb it. So, yeah, I don't know if I would say, uh, you know, 
a crazy rainstorm, maybe a little bit of a shower for them. But yeah, regardless, it's 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 neat how we can all work together. And even when something crazy like that happens, where you have to postpone a game, everybody's willing to say, let's let's do what's right, let's make this up, and let's can uh, continue to do everything we can to to make sure that the scores are entered, the game is counted, and the end result isn't just a well, we're going to leave it at that, and that's going to be the end of the game. You know, we're giving every kid the opportunity to play every game. That's right. That's right. But the, when you're, when, as you said, when the uh, when the season is over, each WCHL team will have played twenty WCHL league conference games. In uh, that, that will uh, hopefully will everyone will be able to make it. I know that a couple of years ago we almost made it, um, but uh, due to COVID. But I think we'll. Uh, I th- I'm pretty confident we're going to get there this year. So, and I appreciate the kind words, but uh, it's also very, very easy to help out uh, teams that that know what they're doing and work well together, as opposed to uh, just have their self interest at, at the forefront. So everybody gets along, and that's uh, it's easy to it's easy to take credit when the, I don't deserve that. That goes to all the the, the ten teams in the conference because it it makes life a lot easier. So, hey Ryan, let's talk. We've got some games this weekend. I'm not going to put you on the spot just yet. Uh, with Missouri State, with your teams, but let's let's look. Utah is traveling to San Diego. Utah number twenty-one, San Diego State, and this most recent ranking is number sixty-eight. Fresh off a of beating from Grand Canyon, how do you see Utah at San Diego State turning out? I think Utah is going to take both Ws, um, but I do think that San Diego State might pop a little closer than Grand Canyon did. That being said, I still think Utah is going to sweep the weekend. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good bet. Um, UNLV number five in the nation travels down to the Tucson Convention Center to take on the number fifteen Arizona Wildcats Friday and Saturday night. Um, that'll be a heck of a series down there, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Arizona is going to break out these fancy, swanky-looking new blue jerseys. Holy smokes, they look sharp! So, what do you think there? Number five UNLV at Arizona. In Tucson, Friday and Saturday. I have a feeling Arizona is going to get at least a point this weekend. Whether that's from an overtime, an overtime win, an overtime loss. Um, I think that they're going to get at least one point from the uh, the Skating Rebels this weekend. I know UNLV is a powerhouse, but something about that desert hockey, it, it's a it's a slugfest. And with Arizona or with a UNLV traveling to Arizona. Uh, Arizona having a little bit of a promotional night, being off for so long. I think those boys are going to be ready to play. They like their 15 number. They want to improve. They see the opportunity. They're going to come out with a point, at least one point this weekend. Wow, look at you. I like it. I like it. All right. um, Your Missouri State Ice Bears are going up to suburban St. Louis to take on the Saints from Maryville. Maryville left my B conference this season to go play in some other conference that's falling apart at the seams. Um, so don't don't get me talking about long term vision. And when you were talking about uh, ups and downs and seeing how the conference goes, uh, all I could see was Maryville because um, I was like, oh, I wish I wish they had the same vision that you did, Ryan. But uh, as it is, um, Missouri State from the Western Collegiate League is going up to play Maryville, who is in the three team Central States League. 26 versus 16 at the Maryville University Hockey Center. I know you're biased, but take your Ice Bears hat off and put on an objective podcaster hat. What do you think? 
Uh, first, I'd like to say that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. John Hogan, Maryville Saints, take that for what it is. Um, the other thing I'd like to say about our weekend against them this this coming up weekend is it's going to be tough hockey. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of familiarity with our two schools. You know, we're we're definitely closest in proximity. We love playing against Maryville. Maryville loves playing against us. Uh, we do have a, a four games against them this season. They happen to be back to back, so that's going to create some really fun fireworks, I'm sure. Um, they do a great job. We do a great job at home. It's going to be tough to go on the road. You know, historically this season, the Ice Bears have struggled a little bit on the road. A positive note is, you know, I was fortunate enough to travel with the team at the end of last semester to go to Central Oklahoma, and our team is started to not only figured out how to play on the road, but how to play against other teams on the road. Uh, you know, universe, uh, central Oklahoma has got a certain game style that we, uh, combated with, with a game plan that we went into our Saturday game was great. It, it was very, very close. I know that Friday there was a, a goal call that wasn't, or a goal call that wasn't a goal. And it was, it was very strange, but, you know, we're starting to get the road mentality a little bit better. It's easy to play at home and you sleep in your own bed and eat your own meals and play in front of your own crowd. It's another thing to be in a, an enemy territory. I have a feeling that it's going to be a um, – let's see. How do I put this? It's going to be a sweep but very close. Okay. All right. And am I left to guess which team is sweeping? Um, I'll leave it to you to guess. How about that? <laughs> Knowing that the WCHL podcast only has 14 listeners and 11 of them are from Springfield, America, I think we know which way you're going. So, hey, uh, and last, the, um, the, the last series that's uh, going on down here in uh, Oklahoma City, up at the Arctic Edge Ice Arena, there's a six-team kind of a mini showcase that's going on. We're calling it the Battle at the Edge. And it's going to have six teams. Number one, Minot State will be there. Number eight, Central Oklahoma. Number 10, Illinois State. Number 31, Oregon. Number 33, Midland. And number 42, Oklahoma. So two independents, two WCHL teams, two teams from my B conference, the MCH. On Friday, it's going to be, and, and Ryan, I'm not going to, you know what, I will. Friday, let's let's just go through it. It's Minot State versus Illinois State, one versus 10. What do you think there? That's a, that's a great, that's a great. That's a shame that that game is going at noon. One yeah, versus I feel ten. That's going to be. Yeah. That that might be that might be a one or two goal loss for Illinois State. That's going to be a great game to watch. That's really going to set the set the precedent for the entire showcase of them out there. That's going to be a fun one to watch. After that's Oklahoma number forty two taking on Midland number thirty three. What do you think there? You know I like Oklahoma in this one. I know that they've had had a little bit of a tough year and. Um, tough summer, and I think they're heading in the right direction, but I really am pulling for those guys to, to win at their own rink. Nice. And then after the nightcap on Friday will be Central Oklahoma against Oregon, the Broncos against the Ducks. Yeah, that's going to be a rough one for the Ducks. On Saturday, again, the, the, the Ducks have a quick turnaround because they start the day off at 12 noon against Midland, so that would be number 31 versus number 33. You know, as much as I like Midland, I think Oregon's got a chance to steal a, to steal a B conference win. And then uh, the the next game is uh, Oklahoma versus Illinois State, so that's forty two versus ten. Yeah, Illinois State's gonna 
gonna b- bounce off of a, a, a close a close loss and come out and, and really take it to them. And then we have the crown jewel of the event. It's number eight, Central Oklahoma against number one, Minot State. And we and we got to remember, Ryan. Central went to Minot earlier in December, and Minot just thumped them both times. Yeah, that was a tough one. I saw the scores on that, and I honestly did not expect that coming from Central Oklahoma and Coach Mike Rivera. I know that they're a they're a tough team, but that again, that's a tough place to go and play. Tough time of the year, um, tough environment. I think that game is going to come down to penalties. I know that Oklahoma, Central Oklahoma can sometimes find themselves behind the eight ball with some penalty trouble. So if they start getting in the box, it's going to be a real long night for them. But I think they've got the potential to keep it keep it pretty close and make that one interesting. Good. Then Sunday, we uh, kick things off with Illinois State versus Oregon, 10 versus 31. Yeah, the Redbirds all the way. Oklahoma takes on Minot in the middle game on Sunday. Tough for Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. And then Central yep. Oklahoma finishes up with uh, Midland, so that would be 8 versus 33 to finish it up on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's the classic uh, A conference, B conference uh, matchup and another reason why the WCHL will, will uh, always come out on top. The nice thing about this, uh, I think it's a prime opportunity for some cross-pollination and for some uh, teams to move up in the rankings and for everybody to enjoy the benefit of, uh, they'll reap the benefits of playing one another. So that, that'll be a, a good little, uh, I think it's a good little showcase that Mike, uh, Coach Rivera has, uh, has put together up there. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of cool that uh, Oklahoma and Central Oklahoma are sharing the same rink. I know that there are some interesting things that led to that with the Blazers Ice Center and where Oklahoma used to play. But I think that they're adapting to it pretty well. And I'm again, I know UCO and their history and their reputation, and and they're doing what they do. You you can count on them to be a workhorse, right? But Oklahoma, I'm just super excited to see them making the progressions that they have, and and they're they're doing things the right way. And it's not necessarily for them this year about the 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 end result. It's about the process of getting there. And I think that they're heading in the right direction. They're doing the right things. No doubt. No doubt. I think Coach Arvanitas has it. Uh, he gets it. It's a, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, very good. All right. So, to recap, you're gonna, you said Utah will take care of San Diego State. Arizona will steal at least one of the six points away from UNLV in Tucson. And you called for a sweep up in St. Louis at Maryville without actually naming the team because we don't want to jinx them. And then uh, in the Battle of the Edge, you basically said Central Oklahoma and, Mid- and Minot will win most of their games in uh, the Central Oklahoma Minot showcase. The, the highlight game on Saturday night will bit come down to penalties. So, uh, yeah, that, that should be fun. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see uh, Illinois State. Well, I know we're pumping their tires an awful lot, but I'm excited to see what they do against Minot State. I'm excited to see uh, how they do also against Oregon because so I think they're going to uh, have a chance to – really get some uh well hopefully they'll improve on that number 10 spot i love showcases like this and you touched on it lightly that it's it's something to obviously see the teams that you play on a year in year out basis within your league or normal normal out of conference teams that you play uh progress and get better or, or go through the ups and downs but it's it's another thing to to go out and see new teams to play new faces. You know, we haven't played Alabama in a couple of years. We're going to play them. You know, uh, 
they haven't played uh, Illinois State hasn't played against Oregon. Or Oregon hasn't played against a lot of these other schools. So it's interesting to go out and see teams and play teams across the country that you normally don't. And it's that kind of adds to the experience of what we do at the ACHA is we don't just sign up for the same league, play our league games, and that's it. You know, we have the ability as organizations to schedule anybody in the entire country. Uh, kudos to you know, Mike Rivera in Oklahoma for putting on this showcase out there and, and letting teams, letting players experience playing against other universities. I think that's a really cool thing that these kids can take um, take away from college hockey. Yep, yep. I can't uh... – I cannot agree more. I, at the end of the day, the kids are going to remember the experience and not the uh, the game result. They're going to remember traveling, you know, to, you know, for these Illinois State guys, it's probably going to be the only time they ever come to Oklahoma. Same for the Oregon guys. Um, but, uh, you know, when you if you travel to Navy or some people travel to, you know, where, let's say Michigan or Arizona went to Michigan earlier this year. You know, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience for a lot of those guys. So, uh, yeah, that's, they'll, they'll remember that forever. Well, very, very good. All right, Ryan. Hey, this is the time of the podcast where, I mean, it's already been a suboptimal craptastic podcast just cause I'm on it, but this is where it gets really crappy and really suboptimal where I just kind of throw it open and say, well, what do you want to talk about? Well, I, I do have one thing that I want to bring up Yeah, and it's, it's to highlight WCHL and M1 players in the ACHA. Um, I know that, you know, every player has the stigma of club hockey behind it. And, and I just want to bring, shed a little bit of light on that. Um, my little cousin actually plays up in NCAA division three up in, uh, um, St. Scholastica up in Duluth, Minnesota. And I was fortunate enough the other weekend to get up there and, and watch his team take on Concordia, Minnesota. Great NCAA Division Three hockey. But let me tell you, Chris, the skill level, the speed, the physicality, the game itself is not much different than what we see at the ACHA Division One level. In particular, the WCHL, because we hold ourselves so highly in the ACHA M1. But man, oh man, is the level of competition here in the ACHA just as good. It, it really is. There's little tiny differences that I see between an NCAA D3 and an ACHA D1. But the competition level, the, the, the desire is right there. The thing that I like about the ACHA that, that I really commend all of our players for is that they are here because they want to be here. They're not here under scholarship. They're not here for any other reasons other than the love of the game. You know, a lot of these players that we see on a day in and day out basis in the ACHA, they're paying hockey to be here. They're students first and then they're hockey players second. And it's so rewarding to see how close these levels of competition are. And I know that there are several teams in the ACHA that go out and play NCAA teams. You talk about UNLV or Central Oklahoma. Um, I know that, uh, let's see, who was it? Liberty beat Long Island University two years ago, I believe. And uh, it's just great to see that. And it's great for the league to know that the level of competition, even though it has the stigma and the word of club hockey behind it, it is really, really good hockey. And, and I couldn't be more proud to be part of an organization, part of a league that takes as much pride and passion 
for all of our student athletes. And I call them student athletes because they're students first and they're athletes second. Um, even though they may not be recognized by their universities as athletes, we sure as heck do. And, and man, is that, is it fun to see the, the similarities in the two? And I'm watching, I'm watching our D one team practice right now out on the, on the game rink here in Jordan Valley ice park. And I just see so many things that are the exact same. So for any prospective players listening or any listeners that are, uh, in contact with people at the junior hockey or the AAA levels, this is a great place to play. And, and there's so many more opportunities at the ACHA level than there are at the NCAA level. And it's, 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 really, it's really great to see how the league has progressed over the last four, five, ten years and how much better it is and how close it is to that NCAA level. Yep, I would agree. And Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two things. Number one, uh, this just proves why Ryan Armstrong is a class act and why he's one of who I consider the my four horsemen that I lean on here within the WCHL. Um, just very classy all the way around. And uh, number two, Ryan, I think you you've proven a, a point. I you, you I agree with everything that you said. The difference from from my perspective is you go to an ACHA team and you get a well-rounded education i'm not knocking saint scholastica or concordia minnesota but when you go to play a missouri state schedule or a utah schedule or a liberty schedule you're going to go around the country and play whereas you're you know up there your cousin is going to get on a bus and go from duluth to the twin cities and back you know that's a road trip um he's going to get to see minnesota as a get as opposed to getting to see america so uh, and I, I agree with you and uh, could not agree with you more about the, uh, the student-athlete point of thing. Ryan, this is the part of the podcast where we're supposed to take things down to a terrible level, and here you are trying to class this thing up. What's going on here? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm no Andrew Major Kurtz for you, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I do, I do, I do en- enjoy talking hockey. I like to consider myself a hockey guy, and, and I, I'm part of Missouri State and part of the ACHA for the love of the game. And, and I really do personally take a lot of pride, not only with what the league's doing and, and what Craig Barnett and everybody involved the staff has been doing. And, but I do take a lot of pride as a alumni player from Missouri state, as a previous coach here um, in our organization. And, and I love, I love seeing it grow every year. Um, I'd be happy to talk about, you know, burp and fart jokes with you as well. I don't have too much. For the side of it, but well, come on, Ryan. I can sit here and make fun of John Hogan for a while. If, that's, you know, if you want to do that, it's almost too easy. That's, gonna, that's another. That's a whole another podcast, Ryan. No, no. I, I only had two things on my on my agenda and uh, uh, that that I wanted to bring up. Number one was something that I saw. See, you're a hockey guy, and I'm not. Um, but when I was uh, goofing around on the internets the other day, I saw something that came up on the NHL's YouTube channel. It's a short little twenty minute um, uh, uh, short film called hockey island it's about high school hockey on martha's vineyard and i thought it was uh very cool and very insightful and i i thought an awful lot of it related to the acha because it's uh talking about traveling and the uh the 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 not the uh the trials and tribulations that martha's vineyard's team has to go through to to go play but, you know, it's it's not just getting on a school bus and going 10 minutes down the road to, you know, go play, you know, next door state. You know, they've they've got to make a commitment to to travel and uh, and to play the game. 
and that's what we do in the ACHA. So I saw an awful lot of parallels, and I really enjoyed it, and I was just going to bring it to folks' attention. So that was my contribution to the craptastic point of this uh, podcast. I, I, I don't have burp and fart jokes. I'll leave those to, uh, to Andrew, so him and his Beavis <laughs> and Butthead stuff. So Yeah, it's fun to get on the bus. You know, it's fun for the players. You know, every once in a while, it's pretty fun for the coaches as well. Obviously, they do spend a lot of time away from their families, but uh, it's fun for these players. That's where you make these college experiences and these team bonding experiences is on those road trips. And I know we got a fun one coming up to Arizona at the end of January. Um, it's you know, hockey fans, no hockey fans. And we're actually leaving Springfield on Thursday afternoon to go down to, to Phoenix and then down to Tucson. Well, there's probably 15, 20 of our season ticket holders that are going to be on that same flight because the Blues are playing at the Mullet Arena in Phoenix on Thursday night. Oh, wow. So it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, I hope the flight attendants are ready for that many hockey people on one airline. That's impressive. Wow. That's going to be a lot of hockey on the, on that one flight. That's great. That's yeah, great. It'll be a lot of fun. Good. Very good. And the only other thing I was going to bring up, Ryan, is um, I've really come to appreciate over the holiday break, uh, Blue Moon Belgian White. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, my beer of choice is Fat Tire, and Fat Tire many years ago made a Belgian White brew that um, I just fell in love with, and it, but it's a, it was in limited supply. And I'm, I'm also a sucker for anything from Odell's. Recently, they put out something called Lagerado, which I think is just incredible. But I stumbled across a blue moon. Now, I'm not talking about uh, putting the orange in it or anything, but uh, the, the Belgian wheat, the Belgian white wheat ale got, got the uh, dumb commissioner's uh, seal of approval. So, uh, anyways, I might, who knows, we might be uh, sneaking a blue moon into the Nationals up there in uh, Marlboro, Massachusetts to, to go with a lobster roll or two. I was going to say that and a couple lobster rolls, right? Oh yeah. Some fried clam bellies too. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. So looking forward <laughs> I'm to I'm a big fan of the, I'm a big fan of the Boston area and, and, uh, lucky enough to have traveled to that rink and coached at that rink in Marlboro a couple times for the division two national tournament when they held it down there about, Oh, what is that? Eight, nine years ago. Um, so familiar with the rink. It's a very cool uh, concept the ACHA is putting on with having all eight sheets being used out there, whether it's for practices, games. And I know that at one point there will be all eight sheets used at once for games. So that's going to be yeah, – Mr. Slagle is going to be a busy man that day. But, yeah, hopefully everything runs smoothly, runs on time. It's going to be fun to watch that. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to maybe sharing a lobster roll and – now, unfortunately, I will put an orange in my blue moon. That's just the way I, I, I like oranges in my blue moon. But, you know, I'm a Bud Light guy. I'm an, I'm an A.B. St. Louis born and raised guy. So anything Anheuser-Busch, you can probably find me with one of those. Oh, there you go. There you go. Not 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 bad at all. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Nationals is coming up soon. I know that uh, we have some back-channel communications going on about who's going there and who's not. And Russ and uh, Andy have already chimed in that they're going to be there. Uh, they're going to do the uh, the drive from Illinois to uh, they're they're based out of Chicago, so they're going to go from Chicago to the Boston area. So that should be fun. Um, but yeah, we're all going to get together here in about uh, eight weeks or so, and it's kind of scary how close it is, but it's also kind of exciting at the same time. Well, you can bring up how you had Craig and uh, Jocko on the podcast then, and say, "Hey, just felt like we just talked to you yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, and and as a matter of fact, Ryan, hey, since you bring that up, you're the one who uh, you you've given me some slaps on the back, but you're the one who deserves uh, a lot of credit. You're the one who uh, sent a jolt my way and said, "Hey, instead of you know just having you talk burp and fart jokes on there, Chris, why don't you actually get some real hockey folks on there?" And um, so that's why we ended up getting Ed Giacomucci, the ACHA Referee-in-Chief. And that's why we got Craig Barnett, the ACHA Executive Director. And I'll tell you, that's why tomorrow we're going to have, uh, I'm, I'm going to be talking to the ACHA President, Paul Hebert. We're probably going to put it out on Friday. Um, but we're, we're going to, and we're also going to get the, the ACHA Men's Division One Commissioner, Brian Moran, the great communicator himself, has uh, committed to coming on. So... Uh, you know, if we can pull that off, that'd be great. But that's all because of uh, the influence and the uh, and the prodding from one Ryan Armstrong. So I appreciate you you doing that, and uh, you deserve an awful lot of credit for uh, having that thirty thousand foot view as opposed to uh, you know just me sitting here trying to do weekly burp and fart jokes. Well, I, you know, I appreciate that, and it's definitely you know. I try not to make sure I over prod anything. I don't want to get to a point where um, you're picking up your phone every day or two and saying, Oh, here we go. Another no, message, another no. voicemail. What, what is it this time? So you're, no, you're not, just, you're not John Hogan just yet. Come on. <laughs> I'll allow to say, I can leave all the burp and fart jokes to John and the, the, the whatever conf, I don't even know. They even have a conference name anymore. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, if, you know, they want to, you know, you can leave that to them, but I really do love, for everybody listening, for anybody potentially getting familiar with the ACHA or the WCHL, that, you know, as much as we are different universities, we're a big giant hockey family. And when you have a, a little bit more personal knowledge or personal connection to these these individuals that are doing the, the things that they do as staff members or volunteers for the love of the game, it, it gives you a different perspective on what this league really is all about. And and it's fun to see that. And, you know, one of the things that we're fortunate enough to get to uh, experience is down at Naples when we meet all these league officials and, and staff members in person. Maybe we go out to the uh, to the parrot bar and have a couple drinks with them and talk hockey or talk whatever. I mean, it's fun to be able to get on a different level with these people than just from what you see. And I think that, you know, there may be a couple people out there that can that can have a, a little bit different view of what this level of hockey and the WCHL is by bringing these different members on and influential members to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, let's hope from your lips to, to, to God's ears, right? Let's hope that that's what we're doing. Here. So yeah, we yeah. can try. All right, Ryan, listen, I want to thank you for uh, helping out here with the podcast. I wish you best of luck. Thanks for taking time out of your practice to, uh, to sit around and talk to the dumb commission for a little bit. And uh, safe travels up to St. Louis as you take on the Fighting Hogans. And uh, that should be, we'll be tuning in from afar and uh, watching that with, uh, with some keen interest. So uh, safe travels. And uh, Ryan, is there anything else that uh, we need to say that we haven't touched on? No, I'm just excited for hockey to start back up for the second semester. Excited for these guys to experience more. Excited for the new players in the ACHA to see what this level of hockey is all about. And uh, yeah, have a good have a good rest of the season. And by the way, if you're in Oklahoma on February 3rd and 4th, we're we're trying something new with Missouri State. We're having our first annual dad's trip. Yeah. So if you want to stop by the rink, just, you know, 
I know that Cliff and Jeremy and Josh will be on the bench a little busy, but if you're uh, if you're in the Oklahoma City area up at uh, Arctic Edge, you know, see how our dads are doing up there. I'm interested <laughs> to see how they all respond on the road and how the Oklahoma fans will uh, will will take to a bunch of Missouri State dads in there because usually on the road you don't have too many people cheering for the uh, for the opposition. So That's it true. should be a fun weekend. And and if they see the commissioner walking around, they'll be a little bit on their better behavior. Yeah, right what, yeah whatever. They'll they'll die laughing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You might get a beer out of them. Yeah, maybe so with an orange. All right. Hey, uh, listen, we want to thank everybody for listening to this edition of the WCHL podcast and for your continued support of the ACHA and the WCHL and the student athletes that play there. Um, without you guys, none of this happens. And you probably wish this podcast didn't happen, but um, here we are. So tough luck. Um, we want everybody to be safe. We want uh, follow the WCHL. It's on westernchl.com is the uh, terrible website. Uh, most every up-to-date information is on the Twitter. At uh, If Twitter hasn't burned down yet, it's at WesternCHL. Um, you can also uh, follow me personally on Twitter at CJPNOKLA for burp and fart jokes and uh, the occasional political screed, maybe. Um, and then uh, also one of the two of us might have something to do with the ACHA Men's Division One Twitter account. So that's always a great follow for scores and information around the ACHA Men's Division One. Uh, can't thank everybody enough for listening and supporting uh, the, the student-athletes here in the Western Collegiate Hockey League and the ACHA. Thanks again to Ryan Armstrong in Missouri State for taking time out of his busy practice to uh, put up with me and my baloney. And uh, we just want everybody to be safe, um, take care of oneself, and uh, safe travels. We look forward to seeing you at the rink, hopefully this weekend. Take care.